0: of everlasting life, in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In 1985, somewhere in a secret laboratory in Atlanta, Georgia, a team of scientists worked with one of the most secret and successful formulas for a product the world has ever known. They were tasked with changing it, reformulating it, doing away with the old, and creating something new. Then it was time to turn their finished product over to the marketing gurus, to test it out, to create hype, to sell it to the public. Their mission was to create something new that people would appreciate, that would enhance living, that would usher in a new era of which we were told to catch the wave. If you haven't figured it out yet, I'm talking about Coca-Cola. When Coke did away with their old formula and implemented a new one, some investors thought, great, this is so innovative and modern to do this, while others, hmm questioned. And some others revolted, who can accept this? And some took it to the streets, staging protests and letter-writing campaigns and boycotts and planting all sorts of stories in newspapers to such volume that only three months later, after its initial release, New Coke was put on the back burner and Coca-Cola Classic was reintroduced the introduction of New Coke was in many ways a complete failure. The company even had to hire psychologists to be on the phone on their 800-Get Coke hotline, and their original reports compared customers' reactions to the New Coke as to grief over someone who had died. Other people in the American South, where Coca-Cola was founded, viewed the company's decision as another surrender to the Yankees. But at the end of all the debacle, over 20 years later, New Coke's reformulating guru, Sergio Zimone, said, Yes, it infuriated the public, cost a ton of money, and last only 77 days before we reintroduced Coca-Cola Classic." Still, New Coke was a success because it revitalized the brand and reattached the public to Coke. Accepting new possibilities for something is difficult. We don't like change. Some changes are more palatable, many easy to accept, but at times... We'd rather go away. We'd rather step away than embrace them. Instead of reattaching the public to Coca-Cola, Jesus is trying to reattach the public to God, quite literally. But it isn't going well, and people are going away. They're abandoning him left and right. The person of Jesus in John's Gospel is always in charge, But Jesus isn't in charge right now. People are fleeing. He's being misunderstood. His desire to connect people to real and unending life simply isn't happening. I realize we've preached a lot about this teaching in John chapter 6 of Jesus over the last few weeks and about connecting us through Christ's body and blood into a relationship where God's full presence becomes part of us in a way in which we consume God through Christ and in turn God becomes part of us. But where we need to look more today is what Jesus is actually encouraging us to do. He's asking us to find a home in him, to dwell within the expansive shelter of a loving God who seeks out our greatest Good. Remember when I said last week about the body and blood being offensive to his listeners and at times to some modern hearers as well? Right, maybe it is because we remember it better that way and we can tell other people about it. But the intent behind his teaching is to invite us to live within him. Jesus wasn't a scientist. He didn't live in our modern age and doesn't, did not have a modern worldview, but his desire for us is sincere. He wants to be a part of us physically, mentally, and spiritually, and he wants us to long to be a part of him. So when the going gets tough in life, the tough get going, together, united with God. Jesus wants us to seek something that's long-lasting, not a temporary fix, not a Band-Aid, and certainly not a marketing ploy, but a relationship of mutual trust, of love, of unconditional support from a wholly devoted God who always keeps our very best in the forefront. And our task is to nurture that relationship every day of our lives, so that we can find a community of love and support among ourselves and from Christ. When we encounter surprises in life or new revelations that happen sometimes in life, like this, when you're told, our department is being downsized and our new restructured office will have 20 fewer positions than before, or The medical treatment that you're on has been deemed toxic by the FDA, and we have to figure out another way of ongoing therapy. Or, in my father and grandparents' case, your hometown and country have been reorganized under a new government, and it isn't safe for you and your family to stay here. You have to flee. Or more closer to home... Well, you might have amnesty being in the United States, or you might not. Would you like to file formal paperwork with the federal government at this time? Where do you go then? Who do you turn to? How do you continue to engage with your real life, your identity, who you are, and the creator that created you and has ultimately always loved you and called you good. We've all been blessed with many gifts and talents, and our existence has a purpose. We matter. What do we do? What do you do now? This is where we seek to nurture a relationship of Christ's body and blood and incorporate Christ's presence into our being for protection, for guidance, for direction, And for that loud, resounding voice that tells us, no matter where we go or where we are, nothing in this world that we do or that someone else does to us, nothing will ever separate us from the presence of love, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. A lot of Jesus' followers left Because he was proclaiming something different, some truly good news, a gospel that did not include what religious people thought that they needed at his time rules and following a very complex law. The law Jesus is proclaiming today is one of love, one that's radical and creative, that carries us through horrific challenges and one that takes us back into a connected life, connected to other people, connected to our Creator. Today we're being challenged to do heart work, soul work. We're being challenged to open up to a personal God that seeks out our best interests and is a ready comfort and a ready help for whatever we face. We're invited to do the nurturing work within ourselves that reveals us a call, reveals to us a call to ministry, to life with God for the purposes of God and for the glory of God. We start when we choose to engage with the divine. To see Jesus as a provider of life real life for you in a way that's as close and as intimate with our bodies as consuming real food and real drink. Our quest with Christ is life. Throughout the past week and in the next few upcoming weeks, there are going to be all kinds of ways and opportunities to actually practice this. You might, for example, encounter some unpleasant news somewhere. You might be asked to personally stand up for something for which you think is right. You might be confronted with your own personal bias and opinions and be forced to step out of the box and just do something out of pure love. There's all sorts of things on the horizon. But your soul work, the work you do within, will pay off. Even if you don't do the right thing, Christ will still be there. The point is to seek the things of God, incorporate Christ, tend to your own soul, and live in a way that sees good as a possible outcome for everything. Don't let rules get in the way. After a lot of soul work, work with Jesus. Reattach the public to God. Take a chance this week on love.